Howdy there, everybody. Welcome to the Higher Points Podcast, and this is our uh, most recent episode of To The Point. Um, we're just going to keep it short and sweet and go over a couple little topics that we got uh, weighing on our minds and see what you guys think about them and hope you enjoy. If you don't enjoy, just let us know what you think. Give us your honest opinion, that kind of thing. So Yeah, if you don't enjoy, just hit the stop button. Don't yeah. ever listen again. That's right. Simple solution to your problem. You've got that that right. You don't have to listen to us. You don't like <laughs> listening to us. So. Uh, what you got written down? Oh, these are just some uh, some little thoughts I had from this last week. You know, it's been kind of chaotic, to say the least, from scheduling issues with High Point Farms. My brother, he ended up getting diagnosed with COVID after he got back from Kansas City last weekend. So mom and I have been, I mean, and dad, we've, we all scrambled and... It's one of those situations like next man up. Drew went down with COVID, so we don't really have a lot. Being a small family on business, a lot of people that can cover. So it's been up to me and mom to make up those days, and we've been splitting shifts, and I've been working in the mornings. She's been working in the afternoons, and then I go and I work construction in the afternoons, and she goes to the college in the mornings, and we've got booths and shows, and I mean, it's just been a stressful few days, actually. So it's like we talked about in that last podcast of to the point where we were talking about how there are places in your business for that person that checks the boxes and punches the time card and stuff. And now you're getting kind of a firsthand view of that of imagine if you had to do this every week, right? You had to do what you've had this week. I'm trying to cover those shifts. So, I mean, I don't, I, I kind of enjoy like the little bit of a break being in the store, you know, like it's not bad. Drew better look out because I'm going to start just working the store every day. <laughs> just kidding. I, I couldn't make enough work in the store to cover my expenses, my cost of living. But, you know, that's one of those deals. Like, I'm lucky enough, I'm in a situation, blessed to say, to where my boss works with me to where I can cover shifts at my business because I called him and said, hey, man, you know, and I just missed a couple days. I'd miss a day on Monday for vacation. And like before that, like a few weeks before that, I was in Florida. So I missed three or four days and, you know, I've missed here and there. And he's I think been, if you had some vacation plan, that doesn't count as a miss. Well, I mean, I've missed a lot of work recently. It seems like I've had more weeks where they have been a full paycheck than not so just josh being working with me that kind of thing you know that's been a blessing and you don't get that a lot of times you know that's that makes things tough for him scheduling because we got these jobs lined out already that he's like oh yeah this will take two weeks you know but then me being gone throws that off being a foreman and this and that and so i'm just thankful that i had those that i'm in the spot i'm in to be able to cover those shifts so cool anything else another little thing that i've got which kind of comes from talking to the sheriff and under sheriff is adapt and overcome sometimes it might be by the seat of your pants like this week shit drew's done he's quarantined till the 27th we got to figure something out you know we're doing it on the fly you know other times it's from the situation you guys had with a shooting in two three years ago you sit down and you debrief after the fact and you figure out where things went wrong where things went right what you can do better and you make those changes so that moving forward it doesn't happen again and if it does you're more prepared i feel like we're in the same spot we're going to start training a couple other people that we can call in on those days whether that be my sister or one of her friends 
or, you know, just being a little bit better on communication with our bosses. So we're like, hey, there's a chance this happens, you know, but just <coughs> trying to prepare ourselves as much as we can for the worst case scenario. And I think that's something that we really need to do in business, but also like in life. So well, I think it's important to point out, you know, this wasn't it maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but like a contingency that you're worried about. I mean, he's relatively young. He's not, you know, this isn't something you kind of thought, oh, what happens when he's not here? Yeah. Because if he was going to go somewhere, typically you would have a phone call or a text or something. Hey, uh, can I go here? Can I do this? Or I'm not going to be in next week or whatever. Yeah. Whereas this was kind of an instantaneous thing which I think would be an important key to then also start thinking outside the box. What are some other things in your business that maybe you're not prepared for? Yeah. What happens if I can't get tincture bottles? Then what? what happens, you know, like what just things the like store that. Door freaking burns down. <laughs> Dear God, let's not do that. Our podcast stuff's in here. <laughs> That's the only thing I care about. No, I'm mean, just kidding. It's something we all, we got to be prepared for though, you know? But yeah, start thinking outside the box. What happens when those things don't work out? I like, if it would burn, we'd probably be shit out of luck on that. Probably know? can't even insure it either. There's probably some sort of a, a law that you can't insure it. Well, you can't really insure it in the freaking field, so I'm sure you can't insure it in a tincture <laughs> bottle. So. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Just one of those things that we just need to prepare ourselves more, you know. I've always been the... I'm a farmer, so I try to prepare myself for the worst case scenario all the time because shit breaks all the time. We're always working on something. And that was like when I worked for my grandpa, when I worked at Busy Bee, when I work on the farm in the evenings, you know, shit just breaks. And you just got to, most times I say, oh, it'll take me an hour. It takes me three hours because yeah. things never go right. Kind of like when you and uh, Wyatt were working on the uh, skid steer. Yeah. Yep. You figured, oh, I'll just, you know, change the fluids on this. It hadn't happened in a, or hadn't done that in a while and we get to go and still not working. Yeah. Well, that's, it worked for a little bit and then I broke something. I don't know. <laughs> but it's down and out, so. Anything else written down? No, that's really all I got for now. Cool. So one of the things that's been on my mind in my forefront is is I spend a lot of time in, obviously, the law enforcement and legal aspects of things in life. And so I think Rittenhouse has been a buzzword for everyone. And it's been especially interesting to me, not just from the self-defense standpoint or the I'm choosing a side standpoint or whatever, but just to kind of see how the process played out and how the jury trial worked out and everything like that. But I think the interesting part about the ability for people to watch it as it happened was you got to see a little more of the process of a jury trial. It's not like what you see on TV where there's this jury and this lawyer just spouts off and says whatever it is that he wants to say. And it's just like this aha damning moment where there were a couple of those in written houses trial but i want to come at it from a really different standpoint than what i think most people are talking about in the media right now you have the people that are either pro self-defense or anti-self-defense or are republican or democrat or whatever like they're you're it's binary they're you're having to choose a side right yep or and it's I, a race thing or it's not a race thing and so I want to come at it from a different aspect. And this actually, I can't take full credit for everything here. So I'm going to give proper credit. On Instagram, there's a page I call or I, I follow called From the Gun Counter. And he has a lot of really phenomenal content about multiple things, not just gun content, but just really down to earth, fantastic content that comes from this page. And he posted this. 
and this was on, no, it just says one day ago. So today is the 23rd. So this was posted on the 22nd and he posted a meme and on the meme, it's from the office of the, I don't watch the office, forgive me, but it's the guy like pointing at the uh, dry Jim. erase board, Jim? Jim. Okay. Jim pointing at the dry erase board and then smiling. So the first dry erase board says the written house trial is a good example of what you can go through even if a defensive shooting is legally justified. And then the second one where he's sitting next to it smiling, it says, that's why the only gunfight you truly win is the one you avoid. One of my friends put it to me. The best was there were stupid people in stupid places doing stupid things for stupid reasons. So we have this outcome. You know, rioting and burning didn't solve anything. Him showing up and shooting people didn't solve anything. Him showing up and doing what he did, like there were no problems solved by all of that. And Most this isn't me choosing a side. There's not. People need to step back and look at the bigger picture and yeah. say, well, what what does my involvement in this situation really do? Yeah, and we're. I think we're being divided by the mainstream media. We're being forced to choose a side. Yeah. No, that's not how this works. That's not how this works at all. I don't have to choose a side. Both sides did dumb shit. And, and I think we can all agree with that. But I love how from the gun counter is a shining beacon of light in everything that's being posted about this right now. You see all kinds of memes and attacks and people agreeing and not agreeing and all this other kind of stuff. When this guy comes with just a phenomenal point of just if you don't get in a gunfight, you don't have to worry about any of it. That's not to say that you shouldn't be able to defend yourself, right? So the first key I wanted to get hit on was avoid the gunfight. But what happens when I'm out with my family and, and I'm talking about when I, everything I talk on here, I'm not talking as a cop. This is me talking as a husband that is out with his wife and his children, just like anyone else, not as a cop. So this, I want to phrase that what I'm getting ready to talk about is about that specifically. So if you're out with your family and you're at a mall or a, a, a grocery store or a restaurant and an active killer incident happens. The best thing you can do is get your family and you the hell out of Dodge. Don't confront them. Don't run to them. Don't try to be the hero that saves everyone. Again, is your, if you're a law enforcement officer and you're responding to this call, it's different. But I'm talking from a... Civilian standpoint. Yes, from a standpoint of somebody just out in the public with their family. Okay? So keep in mind that... Because, you're, I mean, you're considered a civilian... When you're not in uniform, correct? No. No? No. We will always be examined from the point of like, you've had this extra training, this extra, all this extra stuff. Now, if we're outside of our jurisdiction, you know, we might not have to intervene and stuff like that because we don't have arrest powers. Mm -hmm. But we'll always be judged through the light of a law enforcement officer, which is a case called Graham v. Connor, what a reasonable law enforcement officer would do in a similar instance. Okay. So back on subject. You want to fight this person when there is no other choice. And when I say no other choice, I'm talking like you're sitting in the corner of the restaurant where there's no windows, no doors, no egress. And this person is an active threat going through somewhere, killing people, harming people, or trying to harm your family. And you have nowhere else to go. The only choice you have is die or fight. Those are the only times you should be engaging a person. That's just 
my personal opinion. And feel free to disagree with me. I would love to hear it. And keep in mind, if you do engage this person, you may not be arrested like Mr. Rittenhouse was, but I guarantee you can plan on a civil lawsuit from that person's family wanting to get paid, period. End of story. And it may not even be that person's family. It could be defense lawyers that are coming and saying, or prosecution lawyers that are coming and saying, hey, you got an opportunity to make a lot of money here. And they're looking at dollar signs and you're looking at dollar signs. Yeah. So, yeah. And I'm not saying that, that like those families are bad people, but when you have a defense attorney coming and saying, like, if you make $100 million, I'll take 1% of that and you get the rest. Yeah. Everybody's going to like, okay, cool. Let's give it a shot. See what happens. What do I got to lose? Um, so not only should we only engage this person in the legal ramifications, but the important thing is to train with that fight, train for that fight, train with what you carry, train with the holsters you carry. I personally have two different go-to holsters. One, when I'm wearing gym clothing so that it's kind of a, it's a sticky holster that sticks to me so I can wear it while wearing gym attire. I uh, don't wear it in the gym, but, uh, but then I've got one like I'm wearing now which is more a on the belt inside the waistband. So train with those, train with both of them. I actually identified where getting the gun out of the sticky holster is actually a little bit harder than with the other one, just because of design things. Yeah. And those are good things to know because you're training for that fight. It's, it's not a machoism thing. You get a lot of people that like, look at me, I got this gun, like I'm a badass. Like I'm, anybody tries to fuck with me, I'm gonna, I'm gonna shoot him. No. It's it's a change in a lifestyle. The people like that are typically the people who are gonna make the dumb fucking decision when the time comes because they're trying to be the hero and they're trying to show off and yeah. actually disagree with you. Do you? Yes, because carrying a gun is a change in lifestyle. Okay, this gun I have on my hip right now is not exactly the most comfortable. And yeah. I've been sitting here. We did the podcast with Chad and the sheriff, and now I'm doing this one. So we've been sitting here for going on three hours ish. It's not super comfortable. Not wearing a gun is way more comfortable than that. You're changing your clothing. You're changing how you wear, what, where you sit, your mindset, everything. People like that, that are like, I'm a badass. They don't have the mental fortitude. Just like when you and I were sitting in the drive-thru at Taco Bell talking about how most people think success is this overnight thing. While at times it is, but it's the exception, not the rule. It's the same thing with self-defense and concealed carrying a gun. It is a change in everything i mean because if you don't carry it every day what's the point yeah eventually that situation going to come up and you're probably not going to have your gun on you if you don't if you're not disciplined and consistent i've made thousands of traffic stops at this point you know how many times that people have handed me the concealed carry that they actually had it with them in the car not just not on them which is where it should be mm -hmm. but just with him how many times in 11 years and thousands of traffic stops how many times once that shows me the people don't have the mental fortitude to put it on and go through the process because it, it is something that you have to change your mindset and you have to kind of grind a little bit mm -hmm. and, and go through it. It makes you uncomfortable. Yeah. And you're having to wear maybe clothing that's a little baggier or you're having to maybe venture to places that aren't necessarily as gun friendly. So now sometimes you're being forced by law to take it off and put it back on. It's like, yeah. I just don't want to deal with any of that. So I'll just not wear one and we'll be good to go. Yeah. And if that's your, that's your choice, I am not knocking you whatsoever. You do you boo boo. But me personally, uh, I'm going to do everything I possibly can, not just in my personal life, but in my law enforcement life to completely avoid a gunfight. The, the, if, if the, if I did that, there was literally no other choice. Yeah. I mean, I saw no other choice, which is the way it should be because 
I mean, at the end of that, the end of the day, you're taking a life, and I mean, the only way you should, the only reason in my eyes you should do that is if that life is coming after you yep. or someone that you're protecting, I guess. Yeah, and you have no other choice. Yeah, none. No, e- no egress route. No way to break a window that's next to you and get your family out. Whatever. You you are literally backed into the proverbial corner. Yep. So, recap. What did you have? Oh, just talking about the next man up and adapting to overcome. You know, they kind of go together in my opinion. You know, like just staying on your toes and being ready for really anything that can be thrown at you in the business world, you know. And I guess that leads a little bit into what we just talked about and the concealed carry and like being disciplined and keeping that on you all the time. You know, if it's not on you all the time, more than likely when the situation comes around, you're not going to have what you need. And and it being on you in your console doesn't count. Yeah. In your center console, in, on the floor, under the seat. No, on your person. Because it's not like, hey, time out, bad guy. I'm in the restaurant. Let me run out to my car and grab the gun real quick. Yeah. So to recap for me, the best gunfight that you win is the one you avoid. Thank you uh, from the gun counter for posting that. That was phenomenal. Avoid it. If you're out with your family, only confront the person if you have no other option. Don't forget to train, have proper equipment, and be sure to change your mindset. And be remember, with this whole written house or whatever it is, because let's face it, now that written house is done, we're going to move on to whatever the next thing that sells ad space is. So don't be pressured into choosing a side. Mr. Rittenhouse did stuff I don't agree with, but the protesters also did things I don't agree with. You, it's not binary. You don't have to pick a side. You can disagree with actions of both people. Yep. So thanks for joining us. That's 20 minutes. Check us out at thehigherpoints.com or on Instagram at thehigherpoints, on Facebook at the Higher Points Podcast. Um, coming up next on the podcast, uh, Nate can give you a little bit of who we're going to have next which is Melissa, yeah. Okay, yep. Here, one of our next guests, big guest, is uh, Melissa. She is uh, one of the owners of South Bend Industrial Hemp and a big, big role player on a national level in bringing grain and fiber processing to Kansas and nationally. Um, they're going to be, South Bend Industrial Hemp is going to be a big player in the hemp industry moving forward. And I'm super excited to have her on. You know, I look look up to South Bend and what they're doing and the way they do it. You know, they're good people. A lot of the stuff we have done has been of the same mold from them. You know, like we built our dryer after we'd seen their dryer. And, I mean, we changed it to what we would need, but the concept came from them. So she'll be on on the 16th, and that's when you can expect that release. It'll be the full release, and then after that, of course, we'll have another to the point. I think I identified in our scheduling uh, later on that the way we're doing it is going to be she'll probably be the first podcast of the new year right no yeah oh wait, yeah she will be january 1st because january we, we're going to have her on the 16th so she'll be january 1st one yeah so actually sorry we have to go back we're actually gonna have felicia on felicia is going to be our next guest on the on the 15th yep. she's going to be the full for next release yeah we'll have felicia our uh our strength coach we'll get into some nitty-gritties about her uh double knee replacements and her coaching methods and why she does what she does and that kind of thing. So we're looking forward to having her on. So, All right. Thanks for listening.